On today's episode of The Little MBA, we are honored to have John Wolf, the president of Wolf Properties. John will share his journey and wisdom that will inspire parents and young listeners about the vast possibilities in the world of real estate. Welcome to The Little MBA, John. Please tell us about your career path and how you got to where you are today. My mom is a dentist. My father is a lawyer who got into business at a young age. I always knew that it was important to go to graduate school. I made a decision to go to law school when I was in my teens. With that in mind, I took a more liberal arts approach to my education as an undergraduate. I wanted to learn as much as I could about the world before going to graduate school. And as an undergrad, I studied economics and classics, which were two very different parts of the liberal arts education. One was more practical. One satisfied a fascination I had with ancient Roman Greece. I loved speaking in front of people and I thought it would be a great education for what I wanted to do next. I went to law school. I found that law school really forces you to think deliberately and strategically for anything you want to do in business. I think having a well-trained, disciplined mind is indispensable to success. It's not the only way to do it, but I found that law school did it for me. After graduating, I wanted to work for a large firm. I ended up working for a large firm called Armstrong Teasdale. I was a corporate lawyer. And as a corporate lawyer, but we help other businesses function when they're buying and operating their businesses. For example, if you want to open an ice cream business, you have to learn how to buy lots of ice cream. You have to have contracts. You have to have insurance. You have to have bank accounts. Those are all the sorts of issues that I dealt with as a corporate lawyer. When you get to be a really big ice cream shop and you want to buy another ice cream shop, I can help you buy that ice cream shop as well. As I said, I used to practice lawyer, so now I work in commercial real estate. We have buildings that people have businesses in. And they live in. They're in St. Louis, they're in California, and we help people live their best lives, whether it's opening and operating a shop or living in their homes. I love the explanation of the ice cream shop. It makes it very easy for those of us who are not lawyers to understand one of the facets of corporate law. So did you have a job before you decided to go to college, perhaps an internship, or did you work in a coffee shop or something else along the way? I've had several jobs growing up. My first job was actually at an ice cream shop, which is probably why I thought about it. I dished ice cream and I made all sorts of fun ice cream concoctions that Our younger listeners, I'm sure, love eating every day, unlike me, who can't eat ice cream every day. My second job was at Companion Bakery. I worked in the cafe. I learned to be a barista, so I made 
all sorts of different coffee drinks. And I also help serve people pastries, sandwiches, salads, all the sorts of things people have on the weekends when they're coming home from a sports game. Those were both really important experiences. The first job is always important because you learn how businesses function. My second job I thought was even better because A, I was doing more customer interactions. It taught me people's expectations. For example, some people like to have their salads with a little bit of dressing. Other people I found like to have their salads with more dressing. And you learn about the importance of serving the customer, that different customers have different preferences, and that you as the business person have to learn to adapt to what they want. You may find that some people don't treat you very nicely. And you have to learn that's okay too, but you still have to do a job and serve them what they're paying you for. It could be a sandwich, it could be a cookie, it can be a croissant, all sorts of things. But the important thing it taught me was customer service and always trying to say yes, no matter how silly or trivial the request, which I thought was invaluable lesson for everything I've done subsequent. Treating somebody as though they're the most important person in the room and giving your full attention to them, I felt were very important lessons I took from working in retail establishments. In college, I worked on political campaigns. I worked at financial planning firms. I worked in commercial real estate. I was able to get a large number of experiences to try to figure out what I want to do later in life. I was able to meet interesting people, meet people who I now consider to be peers, to grow up and have relationships with people is invaluable. I'd say to the younger listeners, those people will be your biggest advocates when you are older and trying to do something more complex then and after college, I worked in commercial real estate, which is what I'm doing now. I loved working with buildings and people and different tenants and different businesses. So I decided that's what I wanted to do long term. And I knew I was going to go to law school all along. When I graduated college, we were in the middle of the Great Recession. Businesses were closing everywhere. People who had done business for a long time were no longer able to pay their bills. And it gave me a very real look at the importance of saving your money and making sure you always have resources for a rainy day in case things outside of your control don't work out as great as things are. You have to always save for a rainy day. I also learned that things might not always go your way. To always have a, a secondary plan, like going to graduate school or going to a different job if your chosen path doesn't necessarily work out. That's great. It sounds like you certainly learned a lot from these early experiences at the ice cream shop and at the cafe. And you weren't just eating ice cream and pastries but really establishing the foundation for your values related to hard work, 
discipline, customer service, and having a backup plan. Your family, Julie, is very entrepreneurial. I've tried several fun projects on the side. I've started a clothing business. I started a sunglasses business. I started a couple other small businesses. One day, I hope to have my own clothing business when I'm a little bit older and have a little bit more money saved up to spend on it because I learned at a young age that it takes a lot of money to start a good podcast, a good clothing business, a fun story. So saving your money is very important too. So you can have fun later. Absolutely. You may remember that I started my career in apparel at Ralph Lauren in New York. So I certainly know a lot about that industry as well. I remember when your brother told me what you were doing. The business model for that type of industry is really interesting, right? Because with luxury goods, it's very much the trickle-down effect. So you have black label or purple label or runway at the top, and it trickles all the way down to chaps and other apparel lines that are sold in a more mass market type of way. I, I think you actually were the first person to bring that up in my mind about the purple label. I had never realized that, that was a technique that businesses use to grow their product. And I actually think that we have used similar techniques in marketing our apartments to tenants and trying to figure out how to make them think that they are getting a premium product. While it may not be the most expensive product, it helps to show more affordable products in a better light. And I thought it was a great lesson I actually learned from you, Julie. Oh, wow. That's terrific. Thank you. Certainly adding value and that value equation of what you pay versus essentially what you get for those products it's extremely important. So tell me what's like being in a family-owned and operated business. You are the president. What is it like to work with family members and be the fourth generation in your business? My business was founded in 1937 by my great-grandparents. It was named for my great-grandmother, the official corporate name is Mary R. Wolf Real Estate Management Company. We go by Wolf Properties now. I can't tell you how much pride I have in the fact that I work in an organization that was started by people who I'm related to, but never knew that is continuing on through me and hopefully my sister one day should she choose to join the company. I started out as a vice president. I managed a few different projects. I joined about six years ago. And upon joining, I was given several different responsibilities. One was to help oversee our multifamily apartments and to oversee a few renovation projects that my father planned for the business but had not had anybody to execute in those plans. So I only had exposure at the dinner table to the commercial real estate industry 
at the level at which I operate now, I did work in commercial real estate prior to joining a law firm, but it was a completely different experience, mainly because my dad was not working at the previous organization and the organizations were very different. So my dad was and still remains my boss. I have to answer to him. It can be just like any relationship with your parents. It can be challenging at times, but it also, and most of the time, it can be very rewarding. We both bring different things to the table that I believe create a better organization together. I certainly learn a lot from my dad. It's been a great honor of my life to work with my family my dad in particular, and I feel tremendous pride in the company he's built and that I'm hoping to help continue to build as well. It's definitely unique to work day to day with your parents or with your dad in this case. What has surprised you the most about joining the business and maybe working with your dad? In the industries we are in, which are apartments and commercial real estate, you're able to see a slice of America that you don't necessarily see all the time. Births, deaths, you see when buildings are not functioning well, when mom and pop tenants open their first business, you see some people retiring and exit the business. It's such a reward to be able to see how America functions. It's been such a nice surprise to be a part of Helping America, it's joyful to see families happy in a product that I'm creating, which I love doing. Wow, that sounds extremely rewarding. And it sounds like your first job and maybe your second job as well helped you to establish some of those relationship building skills. What other skills are important for commercial real estate? And how does someone get into the field of commercial real estate? Sure. There are a couple different ways you can get into commercial real estate. Some people like to play with numbers, and they may be good at doing what's called the financing of commercial real estate. Other people who are also good with numbers might like to invest in commercial real estate. Other people who are good with people might like to operate commercial real estate. It really depends on what you like to do. There are several different avenues into which you can get into commercial real estate. In terms of the skills that makes you successful, with any job, it's hard work and persistence and keeping organized. I work very hard to stay on schedule, to keep organized, to keep up with emails, to keep up with communications, and being persistent in things that I'm passionate about and that are important to me. I try to be persistent with every person involved to make them understand the importance of whatever I'm trying to accomplish. If you need something from somebody, it's just like customer service. They are your customer. So you have to treat them like they're the most important person 
at that moment in your life because they are. Ultimately, if you've got a project that you need to manage or a goal that you want to meet, you will need to involve other people in helping achieve that goal. You get a lot more flies with honey than with salt. I've always tried to be nice and honorable in my dealings with people and to give them respect that they deserve, help us reach a deal that is good for them and good for me. You can be anybody if you want to get into commercial real estate. Everything from a maintenance technician to a financier to a marketing person, there's a job for everybody in commercial real estate. Wonderful. So you have learned a lot along the way through different industries you've worked in, the different positions they've held. What is the role that mentors have played in your life? Certainly, it sounds like your dad is one of your mentors, but perhaps there were neighbors or friends or teachers. Who are the others that have helped to guide you on your path to success? Julie, that's a great question. I think about people that have really influenced me in my life. Of course, my parents have tremendously influenced me, and I have great respect for both. I would say the people that have been most important, I found in the places when I expected at least. I took a class in college. It was called War and Leadership in Ancient Greece and Rome. There was a professor there named Kevin Herbert. He was a World War II ball turret gunner. He was a PhD in classics from Harvard, and he was one of the most interesting men I ever met. He is the main influence as to why I decided to get a second major in classics in college. Most of all, I found that he had such a strong moral conviction in the way he saw the world and his sense of justice that I believe influenced me to become a better person. Whenever I have a moral dilemma, which thankfully is not that often, I try to imagine what somebody like that would do in the same situation. He told me about when he was an officer in the military, and it was World War II. He would have been over 100 years old now, but he had soldiers who he had to make a decision as to where they'd be put. One of the criteria that people needed to get the good jobs, which translates to the less dangerous jobs, was they needed to be able to read. People would come to him and he'd say, can you read? Can you not read? And if they said they had to read, he'd have to test them. The people who couldn't read were often sent to the more dangerous jobs. So often he knew in his mind that because he had a job to do and a duty to his country, he had to make decisions that people would not necessarily agree with that could result in catastrophic consequences. Whether, whether somebody agreed with you or not, he knew that the most important thing he had to do was to make the right decision because thousands of people's lives ultimately would have depended on what these people did that he chose. And if he chose the people 
who are not equipped to do the job in the important positions, then who knows in his small area of the war how things might have turned out. But he stood up against very difficult forces, often sending people probably to their death, just knowing that he had to do the right thing. That was a very difficult dilemma he described to me. I'll never forget that. The important thing that I learned from it was you have to always do the right thing regardless of what people around you are saying. You have to do what you think is right and most important for your mission. Maintaining that strong moral compass when times are tough is critical. And pairing that with a disciplined and organized approach. How did you initially establish executive functioning skills and habits at an early age? Maybe it was staying organized, like cleaning your room, or maybe it was later, like developing important processes at work. The way that I learned how to do it was establishing good habits and starting with one good habit that you know you can do that you learn that you grow to love doing. One thing I like to do every day is make my bed. I make my bed every day because I feel like after I'm done making my bed, I've made it look very nice, very comfortable. I feel like I've created some good for myself in my day. After I made my bed, I started doing other things. I started waking up at a certain time every morning and going on a walk making sure that I'm giving myself enough time to be successful for the rest of my day. Another thing I added on was always making coffee a certain way before a certain time in the morning. So my advice would be to find something you love doing. It might be a little bit challenging, but you know you can do every day that makes you feel good and help establish that baseline set of habits that you know will make you successful. It sounds like you have a very well-established morning routine. What does the rest of your day look like? What is it like working in commercial real estate? What are the things that you focus on? Are you primarily working with others? Are you sitting at a desk? Are you out and about? Fill us in. I'm president of the business, which means I oversee everything in the business. For example, earlier today, I was on call with a software company trying to figure out how to make our accounting system go from paper to digital. Tomorrow, I'm meeting with a real estate broker that somebody represents buyers and sellers of real estate. I am going to meet a banker tomorrow who has lent us money to help us buy a building. So I will go over the investment with this person. At the end of the week, I will go to some of our apartment communities and check in on some projects that we're building right now. To answer your question, Julie, I do a little bit of everything. I wear several hats. And I absolutely love it. I touch every part of our business, the legal aspects, accounting, marketing, operational. My day never looks the same, which is why it's so important for me in the morning 
to have a routine just like you to make sure I'm set up for success for the rest of my day. You are certainly meeting with a lot of people all day, every day, and making a lot of decisions. So what is the best piece of advice that you have ever received? The best piece of advice I've ever received was from a group of my friends in college. It was like a fraternity. We wished it was a secret society, but it really wasn't. But we held each other accountable for things that we did in our lives. I think that ultimately relates to what I said before about the lesson that I learned from Kevin Herbert with doing the right thing, go with your gut. I believe that people feel inside what they know to be right. One of the rules of this group was go with your gut. I think that if you don't do what you feel is right in the inside, then you will regret it later and you will not honored who you were as a person and what you stand for. The important thing I learned from a young age was work hard, but go with your gut on difficult decisions because I think that your inner intuition can really guide you in the right direction. At the end of every major analysis, it comes down to a gut decision. Is this a good decision or should I not do this? And ultimately, Every time that I've not listened to what I've felt inside, I, I regretted the decision. You can fix a lot of things, but we have an inner wisdom about us, and you should always listen to that voice in your body that's telling you what is right and what is not right. What are some of those key decisions that you made either during this time with your accountability peer group or later in your career where you went with your gut and said, wow, I'm so glad I did that. We all know that we can make the numbers say anything we want them to say. But at the end of the day, it's really about trusting yourself and your experience to know that you're going to make the right decision. Hiring the right people, no matter what industry you're in, if you don't hire people that you trust implicitly or you've got people that you may have reservations about, it never seems to work out no matter what happens. Contrary, whenever I've felt very strongly about a person, I think that generally I've been correct in how their performance has been and how they've been able to add to our team. From a business perspective, there have been certain buildings we've purchased, buildings we've not purchased, and you can make the numbers say whatever you want, but ultimately you do have to believe in yourself and believe in the vision you have about a certain project in order to make sure it works out correctly. I would say that between hiring people and purchasing buildings, those would be the situations where I felt like listening to your intuition has been most important. Understood. I help recruit many executives. And one of the things that I often advise people on is if you are unsure, the answer is always no. So like me, you are a lifelong learner. What is on your nightstand right now? And what are the books 
that have most inspired you? On my nightstand right now is a book called Jewish Pirates of the Caribbean. It's about people who were expelled from Spain as part of the Inquisition and what they did with their lives after that. It was the story of people who had to readapt their lives and find new ways to make money. Some were very honorable, others were not very honorable. But it's a tale of a group of people who suffered an enormous injustice, but were able to make their way in the world. I'm also reading a book called Western Civilization. I just finished reading about uh, all of the Egyptian dynasties. I love reading about history because I think it, it helps us understand what worked in the past and what didn't work in the past that we can hopefully better our lives and make better decisions today. I'm not sure it always works out that way, but at least we can hope for that. I also like podcasts. There's a publication called Strat4, which does geopolitical intelligence, which means it's about the relations between all the different governments and non-governmental organizations around the world. It's a very in-depth look at foreign policy, which I find important to business as foreign policy influences the way business functions in every industry around the world, including commercial real estate, because it affects the overall economy. I wish I had all day to read about different things, but alas, I've only got a couple hours a day to do it when I'm walking my dogs and able to take a few minutes for myself. When I learn about something that's important to me, it really refreshes me. Excellent. So where can our listeners learn more about Wolf Properties or about commercial real estate? And what are the resources that you would recommend? Sure. Wolf Properties, they can come talk to me. I'll tell them everything they want to know about Wolf Properties. They can also go to our website, www.wolfproperties.com. If they want to learn about commercial real estate, the best thing they could do is go out and find some buildings they like, whether it's apartments or commercial properties or there was a place when you and I were young called Swing Around Fun Town, Julie. They can go learn about all different places they like. Then, if they really like it, they can talk to a broker who could tell them how to buy a piece of real estate like that. They can talk to a developer who could tell them how to build a piece of real estate like that. Or they can talk to a person who works there is a maintenance technician who helps make sure that piece of real estate stays good. There are several people and resources where they can learn about commercial real estate. There are also publications published by the Urban Land Institute, which is a big organization in commercial real estate. The American Institute of Architects does a lot of publications. Around town, there are always different presentations about new developments going up. Fabulous. This has been extremely insightful as it relates to your career path, your values, 
and explaining what you do in commercial real estate. So thank you for joining us today, John. Thank you, Julie. I'm happy to be here and will always be a resource to anybody who wants to learn about commercial real estate. Subscribe to our podcast and social media channels. And as extra credit, if you feel so inclined, give us a thumbs up or share our episode on social media channels at The Little MBA.